0: Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going?
1: It's going good, how's it going with you?
0: Going alright, yeah, going going alright. Uh, so we are doing the show a bit earlier, uh, we usually do it on a Tuesday, we're doing it on a Sunday. And uh, I had some time basically this weekend, and I thought um, I wanted to just save some time during the week, because of some streams and other things I'm going to be doing, so we simply decided to, well, I messaged you and said, uh, do you want to do the show at the weekend? So uh, simply put, here we are, uh, basically. Um, so other than all of that, uh, what have you been playing um, recently?
1: Uh, recently, I got into Death's Door. It's a top-down kind of isometric, uh, uh, easiest way to describe it is like baby's first Death uh, Dark Souls because it kind of plays like Dark Souls cuz you got to dodge and a lot of uh you know jab in and out kind of thing but it's super super you know kid friendly um you're basically a crow and you're reaping souls and things go sideways on the job so mhm cool how's it going with that it's all right it's just one of those things that's part of game pass so i downloaded it give it a try see what you know the deal is so
0: mm-hmm. cool uh anything else
1: uh not really no it's been kind of a busy week so okay
0: okay um so for me i've jumped a bit more into demon souls i think i mentioned it on last week's uh podcast uh i defeated my first boss in a soulsborne game uh which was quite sort of thrilling um i decided that because um dying light 2 is out this week friday when i want to go through demon souls i want to make sure i put a lot of time to the side because it's probably gonna take me a long time plus you know it's a really hard game uh so i'm gonna basically just save it for later i I really like the game and everything else i know i just know that this month at least or next month uh horizon's coming out towards the end and dying light is going to be at the start of the month so i want to just focus on those two games uh for february i basically did the same thing with with uh, returnal they're both sort of like somewhat similar games you could argue that returnals probably an easier game um but when but when i go to play either of those i'll probably go to demon souls first um i just want to make sure that i've got more time because there's things with those games of like muscle memory and you want to like properly get in the the rhythm of, of playing those games so i might say i mean like I'm going to have some half terms coming up at work because I, uh, um, clean at a school. Um, so once those happen, I've got like six weeks off in the summer. So, although that's not until June, <laughs> but, uh, I, I might try and go through, I'll try and go through Demon Souls basically during one of those, um, half term, uh, periods, maybe the six weeks one in the summer. It depends like what gets released between now and then and, you know, when things clear up and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but no, it was it was pretty good. I've been streaming a bunch of it. I put some clips on uh YouTube and things, it's been uh, been pretty fun. Um almost didn't defeat the boss, but then I, I did, so that was uh that was cool. Uh played a bit more um Pez, uh, brought the coach mode thing back, so that was uh off to off to a pretty good start. Uh still played some COD. Um had some like interesting interactions with people that was that was pretty good i put some uh quite a few clips actually on uh on youtube today um they're probably all on there by by now uh so that was that was fun it's not just a case for me of like oh it's a really good shooting game it's just it's cool to talk to like different people and stuff and like you talk you talk to people from like any part of the world um and i met some cool people so so that was great um, I also started getting loads of kills with an MP7, which isn't like me to do. <laughs> but, uh, that was, uh, that was pretty fun. Um, so that was good. Uh, what else have I played? It's mainly been kind of that Demon Souls run that I did, and now I'm just sort of waiting for, uh, Dying Light 2. I'm gonna try to, between now and Friday, because I will have, obviously, some time during the week, which is why we're doing the show on Sunday. Um i'm going to try and uh, go through astro's uh playroom next because i know that that game's particularly short so um that should be good i did play some uh, i think you joined me a little bit for a stream there was uh, I played uh some Sackboy, um big adventure that was that was kind of fun playing with the different like skinned characters you've got like aloy and um abby sorry aloy ellie and and abby from uh Last of Us, you got Ratchet and Rivet, and uh, the woman from Returnal. Um, what did you think of that game? I, I know you, you joined towards the end-ish of the stream, but
1: it looks cool. I mean, it's always looked like a fun game. Mm-hmm. Um, never, you know, never been the hugest fan of that style of game, but I know they get uh, a lot of people playing it, so it can't be terrible.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I would say like you know, for anybody that's got either young family members or people that aren't quite. Um, uh that want like to be eased into the games i mean to uh, to me it was quite an easy quite an accessible game so i i'd recommend it to like uh players that want like simpler sort of nicer games if that's the right way to put that um you know if you want to just kind of like ease somebody into games or or if you're somebody like um you know you play games quite a lot and you want to play games with somebody who doesn't p- quite play games that much it's like a it's very very accessible um in that way so i think that's that's quite good it's very like creative and stuff it's it's really really cool so that was that was good to play um so yeah just kind of i i watched like a preview thing for Dying Light 2 that was kind of fun it, i just watched this um it's like a 6 minute video or something on the traversal tra- traversal of the game uh looks like you get some new stuff which is which is cool so that's uh that's pretty good um that's about it really that's what i've been playing just waiting for dying light 2 and then horizon at the uh end of the month um did you we'll talk about it in the news properly but did you watch the horizon preview
1: thing i did and they've also been showing commercials for it on tv over here in the states. so okay
0: okay i just wondered if you'd watch the uh Preview thing because it came out like a few hours before we recorded on Tuesday and uh, I don't think either of us quite had time at that point. So we'll be talking about that in a bit. It's in my notes. So there we go. Um, Alright, yeah, that's pretty much what we've been playing. Um, don't know. If I don't have like quite as much to get into as as last week when I sort of broke down my uh, PlayStation Five first impressions. I'm just. I continue to be amazed and delighted at how how fast the system is like it's really i know i've got like a fresh console and stuff but um it's, it's good though it's really really good um and like when i'm in like the heat of things playing cod and stuff it's very easy to just quickly record a, a little video clip if something cool happens um it's probably even easier than the last time uh, on on the ps4 i suppose i did uh speaking of my ps4 i made a recommendation to my uh my dad, because obviously I watched him play Crash Bandicoot games growing up, and then I started playing them, and obviously I've played all of them now. And uh, we're having a little, like, chat on the way to work. And uh, he said, oh, is there, like, anything happening with with Crash? Um, I don't know what prompted him to bring that up, but I'll I'll always talk to my dad about Crash and, and other things. And I was like, oh, like, yeah, there might be this... You know, m- remember before when we talked about, like, Wampa League, but nothing's been sort of, like... Fully spoken about. I was like, oh, there might be this little party game thing, but we don't know too much about it yet. And um, I said to him, oh, you, like my the PS4 in my room still plugged in, but it's completely switched off. Like, and I said to him, um, do you want me to put it in your room? You could play Crash because he hasn't played Crash 4 yet. And I said, would you want to play um Crash Four? And he was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds good. He's working his way through some uh, TV shows at the moment. Um, but, uh, yeah, when, when he wants to do that, there's no rush or anything, but, uh, I just thought that would be a, a nice kind of suggestion, because the PS4 is, like, quite light and slim and that sort of thing, so, um, see if we can do that. Um, if he, like, starts playing it or whatever, I'll update people on his, I guess, his thoughts or if he, if he plays it and stuff, so, um, there we go. Uh, Alright, let's take a quick little break, do a bit of housekeeping, and then we'll get into some, uh, some of this is quite funny news, and some of this is not, and then some of it is just other things, so, anyway, let's do some housekeeping first, and we'll see you in a minute for that. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link, that's where you can shop on Amazon, we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra, so whether you're, is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Koaloo using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, Classic Reviews are still continuing, we are seven episodes into this uh, fifth season of Classic Reviews, Uh, and this week, or the week, the Wednesday just gone, basically, I talked about uh, Space Jam, the original one I can't remember the exact year, but uh, the original uh, Space Jam, and I did record that episode before I saw the newer Space Jam film, Uh, those uh, viewings were like a few weeks a few months i can't quite remember apart but i hadn't quite seen the new space jam at that point uh, i have reviewed both of the films anyway so uh you can take a look at that um what else have we got uh, month positive creators got the final episode for january 2022 uh the series will be back next year i've already got in mind a few people to uh make episodes for it's just very early to do that right now because like the month of zone just ended uh but it's for the fifth and final episode of this season i guess this season this year however you want to phrase that for the 2022 version talking about louise uh she's another asmr artist and she's actually the first asmr artist asmr um artist that i discovered so she kind of like you know kicked things off for me i suppose in in that regard which is very very cool that is specifically the reason i saved her for the for the last one so i could talk about that kind of background and everything. Um but yeah, uh there you go. That's a month month positive creators for January twenty twenty two. It it was an ASMR special uh edition and the series will be back next year. So have a look out for that. Uh on last week's Gaming Talk episode, which was on Tuesday, we of course talked about the massive, massive actually the you know, couple couple of couple of dollars, couple of quid, the acquisition of uh Activision Blizzard from Microsoft or Xbox. Uh they of course have or in the are in the process of purchasing Activision Blizzard for uh quite a big sum of money. And as I mentioned, uh so yeah on last week's episode as I'd mentioned um I did my first impressions for the PlayStation 5. So if you want to hear more about my initial thoughts on the console and some games I checked out and, and that sort of thing you can do that uh other episodes i did i did an episode called what i want from uh, 2022's call of duty it looks like it's going to be a modern warfare game so i talked about what i would want from that just on the multiplayer side of things like features and that sort of thing etc i did a video game review as well as a spoiler free review for ratchet and clank rift apart which i gave a must play rating to uh, also, reviewed the first episode of, of Peacemaker, the new John Cena HBO Max TV show, which is a continuation spin off of The Suicide Squad. Also, reviewed the second episode of Naomi, it's the new CWDC uh, show. It's called Naomi, and dropped a season one, episode two for that. Uh, got the United Cast, the one they'll win over West Ham. Um, by the way there will be a united cast episode on monday for anybody curious about my thoughts on today's events and uh, the transfers and that sort of stuff i'm going to do a big episode on monday so just look out for that uh tomorrow well it's going to be late on monday but look out for that uh tomorrow at some point um also last week's classic reviews episode season five episode six is for the 1990 version of teenage mutant ninja turtles And that's pretty much everything we've been doing on EntertainmentTalk.org. You can also find us on your favourite podcast platform by searching for Entertainment Talk. Right, let's get into some news. All right, Robert, do you fancy a laugh? So it's so it's always fun to laugh I suppose at at Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um this game is already this game I'm about to mention is already kind of in a laughably bad sort of comically bad sort of state. Uh, I'm talking about Battlefield 2042 and news just keeps coming out about this game whether it's the dwindling player base, whether it's features that are missing or ...the fact that in March they're looking to implement a proper scoreboard... ...or there's, whatever's going on with that game. Uh, well, EA slash DICE have been looking at um, what's going on with Battlefield. And there were some reports and some articles uh, this past week that came out... ...that said they're looking to make... ...I don't know about the whole game... ...but at least certain parts of the game free to play. Uh, so I've put down here, Battlefield could be going free to play... ...or you know certain parts of it... Cheaters as well, so people that like to unfortunately hack these types of games, have actually abandoned the game because the game is so broken that the hacks don't work anymore and they can't be bothered. There was a, I was watching Yong Yi's video on this and he brought brought up some, uh, I think it was a Discord or something, um, uh, thing that he was talking about and uh because people like you know buy cheats for these kind of games and stuff and the person basically that was running the offer for the cheats in what i think was a discord chat was saying to the battlefield community of like hey we're not going to be running like cheats for battlefield anymore because they either don't work because the game's code is you know that d- d- doesn't work with the game's code and they can't be bothered and the player base is dwindling so even they're losing lack of interest in uh, making things for this game, and uh, they said that they would offer. Um, I'm I'm not trying to like promote cheating. I'm just explaining the uh, what they said. They said that they would basically they were basically switching from selling Battlefield 2042 cheap packs or wh- whatever it would be like aimbot stuff or whatever, and they're gonna be selling uh, Call of Duty ones instead. And they said they said for any Call of Duty game. I'm not sure which ones exactly. Um, I'm gonna assume the ones that are running at the moment. So like Warzone. Modern Warfare 19 Vanguard and Black Ops Cold War that's the ones I, I would guess those are like the four that are sort of ongoing Um, I I don't know about you Robert because obviously you've been around longer than me you've played video, video games for longer than me have you ever heard of cheaters giving up on a game because of a dwindling player base and because their cheats don't work properly because the game doesn't actually work properly, have you heard of anything similar to that before?
1: I'm sure I must have at some point. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Nothing's really coming off the top of my head with that, but uh, I'm sure it has to have at some point.
0: Mm. Yeah, I can't think of any sort of like notable examples, but it's possibly happened before. Um, I'm going to bring up something else to do with this game in a second, but what do you think of um, potentially Battlefield going free-to-play?
1: Honestly, I... Could not care less. I don't play shooters <laughs> in general. I know that that uh, game has been a monumental clusterfuck of stupidity. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. If it does, it does. Who cares?
0: Right, right. Do you think it'll be the whole game or just sort of like parts of it? If it does,
1: uh, is there anything besides the online shooter part of it?
0: I think there's like different modes within that. So what I think this report was trying to say was that potentially the whole game won't go free to play but certain game modes within it. A bit like how um it's not quite the same example but it's a similar one. A bit like how you can like go on the PlayStation or the Xbox store and you can download Warzone for free but that's a part of the Call of Duty games as like a separate thing. That doesn't mean that you can go into multiplayer and and play that if you want to do that with COD you have to buy the main game but then from day one when warzone came out they said like oh this would be obviously if you've got cod it's included in that um and it's free to play if you want it separately but if you want our main game you still have to buy that so um they could potentially do something like that i suppose uh just bear in mind to everybody it's what 30th of january and this game came out when was it november i think it was roughly um of of last year so it's it's not even been out for 6 months um i i can't recall the last time i saw a shooter like this die off so quickly um cuz obviously i'm you know one the one that pays more attention to like first person shooters and stuff it's more of like my kind of thing um cuz i'm trying i'm trying to think of, i mean like pubg people don't really talk about that but pubg was successful for a long 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 time um, people are probably still playing that, I just don't really hear about it anymore. Um, things like Fortnite, people still play Fortnite, Fortnite's still being updated regularly. Most of the COG games have been at least a good success. Um, so, yeah, this, this is a pretty quick, like, turnaround for... Well, not turnaround, a pretty quick downfall, I suppose, for this game. Uh, there's also supports, uh, support, reports, sorry, within this, that, um... They tried to add some sort of zombie-like mode. And um, because the... I think it was zombies. The zombies weren't, like, programmed properly. And it became, like, an XP farming thing where... And Yong-Yi showed some footage in uh, the video that he, he put out. And basically, you could climb on top of, like, a van or a car. And the zombies would, like, surround you but they wouldn't climb up the vehicle so essentially you could just go into this like public lobby version of this um give yourself loads of ammo and then just stand i I don't know how long you could do it for but basically you could just stand and just keep shooting over and over again these these zombies and obviously they would just as you're killing more of them the more zombies would just come over add to the crowd so you could just stand there and farm xp um so yeah (laughs) that uh i mean like, there, there, there was some news before about... I, I don't quite think I included it before. There was news about this game before of, like, they wanted to expand on, like, having a Battlefield universe thing. I think they're trying to do what COD's tr- trying to do, which what COD's tried to do hasn't fully worked, but it's more equipped to do it than more Battlefield is. But it's like, you shouldn't be focusing on expanding your Battlefield universe when the most recent game you put out just doesn't really work properly um so we'll see what happens to this game and if it goes free to play um i think he said young Yi said as well uh ea have got a earnings call report thing at the end of march i think that's end of q1 isn't it so that's probably Mm -hmm. their uh financial report thing so i wonder what they'll say about battlefield then because things aren't going well for this game so There you go. Um, I have oddly still read some people saying like they enjoy this game, and hey, at the end of the day, if you if you paid for a video game and you're enjoying it, that's good. Like whether other people think it's bad or you know it's um, perceived as bad, if if you're enjoying a game that you paid money for, cool. You go and had you go ahead and have like the fun that you're trying to. That's that's always what we try and say, isn't it? Um, Mm -hmm. About that kind of stuff. So yeah, Um, maybe some people are getting like less glitchy versions of this game, maybe they're having a bit more fun, maybe they're having like drunk nights with their friends where they're just whatever with, with this game. There's lots there's different ways you could potentially still have fun with this game, but um but a little bit less likely, I think. So yeah. Uh alright, let's move on from that and talk about something a bit more a bit more serious, a bit more annoying, I think. Um I think we should talk about NFTs for for a little bit. Um and I've got like a few few more recent examples. Um, Konami was trying to celebrate the, I think it's the 35th anniversary of Castlevania by selling NFTs. Um, Atari said that they're looking to get into selling them. And, uh, a Ubisoft exec, whose name I couldn't find, um, says that NFTs are great for games and then says that critics and gamers just don't understand it. Um,. So what do you kind of know about NFTs? What do you kind of think of what's going on in the in, in the gaming industry, I suppose, with NFTs?
1: I know that like with anything else, they're just a giant massive scam, a giant waste uh-huh. of time, and only idiots are spending their money on them, which it's their right to spend their money. They are idiots, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I look at them as a scam as well. I look at them as something that shouldn't be in any industry. Um, I know that there's... It's, Getting like spread around different industries and stuff. Um, But gaming has been like one of the worst ones. So from what I understand. NFTs is you take a picture of something. And you like slightly customize it. Like there's different versions of these things. And you sell it to somebody online. I I saw two examples. Um, One that was from uh, Kadikaris. Who I watch um, on YouTube and stuff. And one that was from Alana Pierce. And somebody had made this, like, really... I mean, I could probably make the image they made in, like, a couple of minutes. It was this, uh, like, because av- Caddy in certain spots online has got, like, an avatar sort of image of himself. He's had it in, like, certain videos and stuff. And uh, it was an image of, I think, that either that version of him or, like, the actual ver- uh, picture of him and it said like cadicorus youtube underneath with like a red background and somebody was trying to sell it to to someone um what one of like the annoying issues about nfts is if if you go online and you're like oh i bought this nft it says like i don't know it's the walking dead logo or something with a picture of rick on the top of it or you know something like that and then you go oh i spent ten I don't know how much NFTs actually are, they're probably different prices. But if you say like, Oh, I spent ten dollars on this walking dead picture somebody can go, Alright, I'm gonna scroll over to it, I'm gonna click my thumb on it, hold and click my thumb on it, save, that's mine. And then they've like that that's to to I don't know about you but that, to me that's kind of the scammy part, which is you pay for an image like that and you know, if somebody po- posts an image of like some art or something or, or a picture they've put online anybody can just scroll past that thing, click on it and save it or screenshot it or whatever. Um, so that's the part that, like, just doesn't work. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate this thing's made its way into into games and stuff. Um, have you seen any particular, like, examples or anything?
1: I know some idiot paid half a million dollars for an NFT of a monkey, and that darkens my soul a little bit. Every time I get up, it's four degrees outside and I have to go to work. Um... Yeah, so... A monkey?
0: Was what, what, it just like, a, just a picture of a monkey?
1: It was a... It was, like, MS Paint-level crap picture of a monkey. And it was an NFT. And it sold for, like, $437,000, I want to say.
0: Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh, I was that what they were talking about on Sacred Symbols? The monkey yeah. thing? Oh, okay. Because I, I was at work, I was, like, cleaning and stuff, and I was listening... I was like, what are they talking about, this monkey thing? But I suppose that's what it is. Um, Somebody also posted, like, a picture of Alana Pierce's face. Obviously, you could find that just by Googling her name. And then, uh, I can't remember. It had something written next to it. I think it was just her name with, like, a YouTube logo, and somebody was selling it. But, like you said, why would you buy something like that when you could, like, me or you or most people could probably very easily just, like, okay, I'll go into paint, copy a picture of alana pierce and then put like a block text thing underneath it alana pierce and then if i don't know if you're a fan of alana pierce you want that on your wall or something you know if you're a big fan of her um you can do it that way without paying somebody to to do that for you i mean like with um with uh david right he's made all of our itunes logos but those are like very specific brand things and those are like public images and um i i uh, I I wouldn't like go on a podcast and be like hey guys we've got NFTs you can buy our like iTunes logo pictures that makes no sense. Um, it's like googling an image of IGN and trying to sell that to somebody's probably already done that. Um, or googling like a Man United logo which you can find dozens of online um just kind of sad that this thing is this thing is happening i suppose um but yeah with with a few of these examples uh konami doesn't surprise me they're trying to sell nft items for the 35th anniversary for castlevania i want to go back to that in in a second uh, atari's trying to sell some stuff and the ubisoft exec has said something stupid about them that they're great for games and that kind of thing so i just want to touch on this konami example for a second so of course one of the things that Konami's one of the many things that Konami's not doing right at the moment is their treatment of Silent Hill, Castlevania and Metal Gear. And there's been some rumours for what, a couple of years that they're gonna remaster, remake or whatever. Um either a Silent Hill game or make a new Silent Hill game or make a Metal Gear game. We've we've talked about that, um before. Do we really trust this camp do we really want Konami to make a like new silent hill new metal gear because even though it could be like let's say just for a random example uh, konami approaches blue point and says you know the the remake kind of studio at, at, at sony and they say like, hey, we want you to go back and remaster the first um uh, metal gear game or something you know you've proven that you can remaster games before and and that sort of thing they're the ones that did the demon souls remake that i've been playing um, even though it would be up to Bluepoint to decide what to put in the game because they're the developers the license would still be with Konami so do we, are we we all sure that we want like Konami to, to be in charge of, of that basically is what I'm saying because they're just yeah this just kind of drives that negative point home more I suppose um, what do you think of like the situation with Konami and Atari and Ubisoft here
1: uh, it's hard telling I mean you never really know what they're going to do so yeah yeah
0: I suppose um, alright so that's the NFT stuff uh, I would advise you know we can't tell our audience what to and what not to buy we can just advise on things you know whether it's hey do or don't go and see this film do or don't go and buy this game because we played it and we do or don't recommend it right that's that's what we do um, but we can't say like hey you shouldn't I mean with my battlefields episode the most i said was like i really don't recommend you buy this for yourself or somebody else at christmas because it's that time of year but we can't make you buy or not buy something as we, we can only just recommend you to do certain things um but uh I, th- I think me and robert would both recommend that you don't buy nfts because they're just not worth
1: your money really there's there's better things to spend your money on would uh would you agree with that yeah yeah uh, and that's that's hard coming for me to say because I do uh nature photography. I do try to sell my art digitally. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's on a...
0: that's not just like random yeah. people images of people's faces.
1: Yeah, and on the surface I can completely understand, you know, wanting to have some way of locking that down. But that's the thing with digital assets is you're never gonna be able to do that.
0: Mm. Yeah, because some of these things are public images. So yeah, or most of these things are like pictures of gorillas. I suppose. (laughs) So, um, all right, let's move on from, uh, NFTs. Uh, all right. What did you think of the, um, horizon preview, like the 12 minute thing that we, uh, that we got,
1: I think the game itself looks really, really good. Um, I think that's something that hopefully it's as enjoyable when people get it in their hands and play it, that it looks like it is. Um, we'll just have to wait and see is there like an official day, I know it comes out soon because otherwise they wouldn't be showing commercials for it um, February, is there 18th. like a yeah, so a couple of weeks Mm-hmm. yep, yeah, a couple of weeks
0: yeah, because uh, like I said Dying Light's the 5th, 4th or 5th, this Friday, whatever date that is uh, so that's like my game for the start of February, and then the 18th which I think is a Friday uh, that's when Horizon comes out, it's also the same day that the Uncharted film comes out so. Yeah, I was
1: gonna say those days are like right next to each other, aren't they?
0: Mm, yeah, they're the same day. Yeah, um, yeah. I I thought it looked quite good. Um, I did like some of the new additions to the gameplay, like the hook thing that Aloy can use. Um, I think the Breath of the Wild esque kind of glider makes sense within that world. I'm not gonna blame the game for like copying that because loads of other games have things like that. It's just basically a, a parachute, isn't it? Really. Um, so that made sense and looked cool You know if you're on the top of a cliff or something And you don't want to just navigate your way down By walking um, Sure just jump off the cliff But then get your, your parachute out uh, That's kind of cool um, I, I, I'm i wondering like, Obviously we don't want to know back to front what the story is But I looked at some of these characters In some of these videos And obviously Aloy is a great character and everything No, No doubt about that I I just wonder, because um, the story is kind of intriguing, you know, this post-apocalyptic kind of robot dinosaur world or robot animals kind of world is cool. But not many of the other characters really stick out to me. Even the other two main ones, I think it's Lance Riddick's character and uh the other one that hangs around with you. Um... I I I was trying to watch. The, I was watching the video and I was thinking, okay, if if of those, if any of those characters die, would I care? And it would depend on you know the context of if they died and all that kind of thing. And I looked at some of the other sort of like tribe characters and other different characters. And I was just sort of thinking, Aloy is the only one that I really kind of care about here. Um, so I'm wondering how that's going to work in terms of stakes within this sort of dangerous world. And I did kind of feel that way about the first game, but then obviously the first game was about establishing Aloy and she was kind of bouncing off of other characters with her relationships and stuff. Um, and like learning about her character and that. So the first game had a different goal to what this game's got. Um, I don't know. That'll be interesting to to kind of see. What do you think of like the characters that are in this, in this game?
1: Yeah, it'll be curious to they expand on that universe that they created.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is is a like do you care about many of the other characters or anything?
1: I, I mean I played the game, uh, it was alright. I didn't hate it. I didn't I'm not a completionist, so I didn't go, you know, hog wild with it. hmm like some people did. Um I don't know. It's just it's just one of those things that if it's good, it's good. If it's not it's not. It's doesn't really shake my world that much anyway so mm-hmm. yeah so
0: we shall see uh melee combat looks a bit better you've got like some spears and and things like that um i think it's just the case now of seeing how all this kind of comes together um for the story and the characters and that kind of thing so yeah we'll see we'll see what they do with it i suppose um at some point soon um all right last thing i've got which is very much up my street something called ufl Uh, which is a new football game, got an announcement trailer. It's supposed to be a new competitor to FIFA and PES, which, hey, there's a lot of room for competition in in this uh, particular era because there really is only FIFA and PES, and PES has gone down the drain, (laughs) Uh, at least this past year with uh, eFootball 2022, whatever it was called. Uh, FIFA, I think, is still a decent kind of game and everything, but there's there's certainly room for competition here. So uh, UFL is uh, entering the ring, so to speak um i have one particular problem with this game and it can very easily be rectified or sorted out which is the layout of this game is going purely seemingly for being a um ultimate team type of mode on fifa which i appreciate the idea behind ultimate team it's not something that i'm really interested in i want to win i, I want to do like things like career mode and win Real trophies like the Premier League and Champions League and uh, compute sorry compete, is what I meant to say. In a like normal type of Premier League season, as I'd watch my own May United team do. Um and the whole game looks like it's based around an ultimate team sort of setup with like cards and building your own team and building team chemistry and that's like not my thing at all. Um the gameplay looks interesting. There's some snippets of it. I I didn't see, I didn't quite actually see enough to judge whether it's good or bad. Um, sometimes when I was watching parts of the gameplay, it looked like Pez, and other times of certain animations looked like FIFA. So maybe they're trying to, maybe they try to analyze FIFA and Pez and try to get the best out of both worlds. Which if that's what they're trying to do, then that makes sense. But there were certain ways, like the players were moving, where I was like, oh, that looks like Pez. And then a player, like, kicks the ball at a certain point. I thought, oh, that animation looks more like FIFA. So um, I saw a lot of people kind of raving about this and saying, oh, this looks so much better than FIFA and PES. Um, I don't know whether it does because we've only... There's, in terms of the actual, like, gameplay footage of this one minute or so trailer, I didn't quite actually see enough to judge, like, okay, yes, this is better than FIFA or yes, this is better than Pez. Um, I also can't tell you that until I actually played the game and I know what it feels like to play the game. Um, from like you know passing and moving and just playing the general football and stuff. Um, but yeah, plenty of uh, room for competition in in this space, and it will be interesting if uh, more developers decided to do that. Obviously, there's the big issue with like licenses. Um, this seems to be trying to get around that in terms of you just build your own team and you call it whatever. Um, but, uh, Robert, I know this isn't quite your, your sort of area with the football and stuff, but, uh, what do you think of a bit more competition here? What do you think of like the licensing stuff and everything else that I sort of mentioned?
1: Uh, more competition is always good. Mm-hmm, There's definitely. a reason why the rest of the sports games like Madden and, uh, <clears throat> the NBA and the, uh, uh, MLB games have languished and really not done anything of note in forever, is because EA locked up that exclusive ship, like, 20 years ago, and they've never had to compete with anybody. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, um, that's why on PES you see, I mean, you don't really quite see it as much now, but you used to see, like, Manchester Red, which was Man United, or London Blue, which was Chelsea, or uh, Merseyside Blue and Red. It would be more named on, sort of, the area. Uh, so, like, Merseyside, Manchester... London instead of like Arsenal, Chelsea um, and and things like that. Uh, it it was an interesting way to get around it. Um, the interesting thing with PES as well is I can't remember if they've done this on all their games but they do it on quite a lot of them. They have a lot of emphasis on the ability to edit the names of things. Now on FIFA you can go in and you can edit the name of a player and that kind of thing. But you can do quite a lot on, on PES. You can like... If you if you're starting a career mode and you've got like a 36 year old Ronaldo, you can just take the years back off him. You can make him 15, because <laughs> um, in the uh, coach mode thing that I've got at the moment, where I've got players like Matic, who is 33, I've got players like Ronaldo who's 36, I've got players like Cavani who's 33, um, I and then like Rooney who I put on the May United team who's retired from from football now. He's the Derby County manager. Um, who's probably in his 40s, I would guess, you can just click on those players, press edit, and put their age all the way back to 15, and obviously you can have them for a long, long time. And that's it's quite a cool, fun thing to do. Uh, you can also obviously edit like their position and names and nationality and, and all that kind of thing. What you can also do as well, because they have things like um, English Division instead of Premier League, you can just go in and just edit the name um because that's what i did before i started they got like the the english cup i just renamed it to fa cup you've got like english division renamed it to premier league uh Man United were actually on the game you can edit a team's name so if it's called like london blue just delete the name put chelsea in um because that's just giving the player the ability to just edit team names and competition names and all that kind of thing so i think that's uh That's pretty good. I don't know why FIFA doesn't have that. Maybe there's some other... I don't know how licensing would work around giving the player the ability to edit things like that, I suppose. Um, On FIFA, you also can't change somebody's age, which is uh, interesting. So, um, there you go. But yeah, we'll see what this turns out like. I don't really know right now how to sort of judge it. I thought it looked alright. We saw probably 15 to 20 seconds of actual gameplay... Um, and we'll see uh how it all goes, i suppose so but um, yeah, like you said competition competition's always good in in this entertainment industry because if somebody's either got too much dominance in an area, so like FIFA um or somebody's doing really really well in a particular department uh and you want them to just have more competition, either for one of those two reasons. Um, it's always good to have competition because then, cause then we get to just watch these companies fight each other over making better and better content and we can just sit there and just consume it. Uh, so we, we win for that at the end of the day. So, um, All right, that's all the news that I got, Robert. Uh, what would you like to talk about?
1: Uh, well, first up, Sega is exiting the Japanese arcade business after 50 years. Um, back in 2020 when COVID first hit, Sega's arcade division was hit particularly hard, obviously, and this resulted in them selling 85% of its arcade and amusement center businesses to Genda Incorporated. Uh, this included assets such as amusement machines and associated prize machines from Sega, and as of this week, Genda Incorporated has purchased the remaining 15%. Uh, while Sega isn't the only operator in the arcade space to see massive losses, obviously with covid being a thing mm-hmm. um, It is one of the most iconic A mainstay of Japanese arcade business Sega was forced to close It's Akihaba Building 2 Arcade In September um, Due to the expiration of the fixed term uh, Building lease contract Where it operated And because of the continuation of COVID uh, Once the rest of the Sega arcade shares Are completely offloaded To Genda, Sega Entertainment will be renamed to Ginda G.I.G.O. Entertainment and all Sega branding to these locations will be changed, which is pretty sad. Because mm-hmm. um, Sega, as a company, is iconic. Um, yeah. And just having them close out for good is not great.
0: Mhm. Yeah, as uh, Ben Schwartz said at the Game Awards, you know they're responsible for the uh, the blue blur. I think that's Sonic's um, nickname, isn't mm-hmm. it? Um, one of the most... I mean, I haven't quite, like, fully clicked with Sonic or whatever. I thought the film was good, etc. But, uh, yeah, they're responsible for that. And, obviously, you've got the Sega Genesis and... Different things like that. So, um, be interesting to see what happens with Sega. Um, obviously, got the new Sonic film coming out, which I'm... I'm, uh, looking forward to. You know, Jim Carrey coming back and stuff, which should be great. Um, I'm somebody that's probably one of the more disconnected people from... Uh, Sega's history. I've never quite, sort of, been... Involved or quite fully invested. I've sort of kept an eye on Sonic over the years now and again. But uh, other than that I haven't had like massive investment in them. And and that sort of thing. I'm curious to try out a Sonic game. I just have no idea which one. Because there's like 200 of them. Um, I also don't know if I want a 2D or a 3D one. But I remember watching the film and thinking like. Okay Sonic's a bit cooler and a bit better than what I thought he sort of was. Um, So yeah, have you played, like, many Sonic games or, or anything? What's your kind of history with the character?
1: Yeah, I, I grew up on a lot of those games. Uh, obviously, you the last console that Sega made was the Dreamcast, and that was in 1999. So Sega, as a company, being a mainstay in the house is a bit before your time. Mm, um, yeah. And that was actually the first real console war was Nintendo versus Sega. Um, yeah. Because you either you had one or you had the other, and most people didn't have the ability to have both. It's not mm. like today where you have your Xbox and your PlayStation and your PC. You had the one and that's what you got. Mm. Usually you just went to a friend's house if they had the other one and you could just play games. You yeah. know, just enjoy being a kid. Yeah, yeah. Good times. Good times. Um uh cool.
0: Is there anything else you want to talk about with uh with this?
1: No, I mean it's just a bummer that it's gone, but mm-hmm. it's not that unexpected. I mean, the arcade business has been a dwindling market for Twenty, thirty years, and COVID certainly didn't help anything.
0: No, no. So, there you go. Uh, all right, what's next?
1: Uh, according to recent inside reports, Microsoft is looking to create an Xbox-exclusive game in the style of Monster Hunter series. VentureBeat's Jeff Gruber first brought this project up, noting that most likely it's being developed by certain affinity... Which has done multiplayer maps for Halo Infinite and has worked on Doom. Uh Windows Central has since corroborated this claim. According to Windows Central, Certain Affinities game with Microsoft is codenamed Project I have no idea what that word is. S U E R T E. Certain I have I I got no idea. Never is, seen that it
0: like, is that some sort of monster hunter thing?
1: I have no idea. I've literally never seen this word before. Okay. Spell that again, uh, Apparently, it's Spanish for luck.
0: Okay. Interesting.
1: According to Google Translate.
0: Hmm. All right. Yeah.
1: Um, the project states, it has been in development since summer of 2020, and is likely slated for a 2023 reveal and a 2024 release. However, the game might launch sooner if the development goes smoothly. Also, as co-developers on Halo Infinite, Certain Affinity is reportedly working on a new game mode for the title. But that is not known at this time.
0: Hmm. Well, one thing's for certain: Microsoft has got enough studios to work on this game. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, yeah. They just acquired what, like, no, nine more at least. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know how many developers ac- exactly Blizzard and Activision have got, but there's nine of them working on COD, so they've got at least those ones. Um, it's funny because that Monster Hunter is a Capcom thing isn't it Uh and that's the one that they don't own (laughs) so yeah but um yeah if they want to put their own kind of spin on it or something you know you've got a bunch of bethesda studios you've got a bunch of activision studios blizzard studios ninja theory three four uh, three four three uh you know rare You've, you've you've got so many that could that could do this particular one um i don't know which studio necessarily would be best suited i'm not really like fully familiar with like the the tone of monster hunter or quite how the gameplay works i think i played an hour of monster hunter world because everybody was kind of raving about it i thought it was cool but i didn't quite get like a good grasp on the series from that hour or so that i played yeah Um, it had
1: a free weekend and i played it for like an hour and a half i it was it's kind of like the witcher 3 it looked beautiful mm -hmm. it looked really interesting my brain just wouldn't Grasp the combat mechanics,
0: right, right, and
1: it's kind of hard to play games like that if you can't do the combat mechanics
0: mm. yeah, I get what you mean, yeah, um, I had like somewhat similar, not issues like it's it's not a problem with the game, but um, yeah, you know, we'll see what monster hunter fans make of this. I know that there's a very really passionate community out there for this game series, so uh we'll we'll see where this uh. Where this goes, um, I know that there's a new one on or relatively new one on switch as well, so monster uh, hunter
1: rise, I think is what it's called. I know that, that I'm seeing ads for that on Steam, so huh,
0: okay, okay, it's cool, um yeah, we'll see where this goes, but like I said, Microsoft has got plenty of options as to who's gonna <laughs> gonna do it uh which is yep. which is good so um any particular studios come to mind for you that Microsoft's got that could that could do this
1: I Don't know. I mean, the report said certain affinity, and I did a look into what they did, and they could easily do it. They've done a lot of multiplayer maps. Mm. Obviously, they worked on Doom, which was a good game. Uh, So it's something that's definitely in their wheelhouse. Uh, Like I said last week on the podcast, my hope with this purchase that Microsoft did is just let the studios make the games they want and stop turning them into uh, uh, Call of Duty map cranking out Right. That kind yeah. of thing.
0: Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, which is what I talked about as well, I guess. Um yeah, creative control is is what you want to give studios and devs and yeah, all those kind of things. So um the one I was kinda of thinking of, I've been sitting here for a what, a minute or so talking about this. Um would Rare be good at doing
1: something like that? Rare could probably do something like that. I don't know what the last game they've done was, so mm.
0: Wasn't it Sea of Thieves? They they turned the boat around on that pretty good, from what I understand. Yeah. So, we'll see. Uh, All right, what's next?
1: Uh, Next up, after a 13-year court battle, Intel has finally won out against a 1.06 billion euro fine over apparently serving anti-competitive discounts to manufacturers, giving them an unfair advantage against CPU rival AMD. Back in 2009, Intel was slapped with the antitrust fine by the EU. Uh, they alleged that they were handing out rebates for CPU purchases to OEMs such as Dell and HP on the condition that they bought all or almost all of their CPUs from Intel. The court originally claimed that this had been engaging in illegal anti-competitive practices to exclude competitors from the market. Apparently, Intel even attempted to conceal the anti-competitive nature of the practices, as noted by an old article from Engadget. Um, giving OEM preferential treatments in order to cut out AMD as a good way to piss people off, especially at the time when uh, AMD was really struggling with its processors uh, sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, the article kind of rambles on for a bit. doesn't really say what exactly uh, was the final trigger for Intel to win the suit, but I gotta imagine any company's gonna be happy with not having to pay a billion dollar fine.
0: Sure. Yeah. That sounds good business wise. <laughs> so yeah. not pay that. So the AMD chip's the one that like was causing the PS five short or still is causing the PS five shortages and that that's the same one, isn't it? Uh, I think
1: sort of they have gone with AMD for a lot of the chips, but that's um that's the normal ebb and flow is one company will come out with a chip, and then somebody'll come out with a rival. And they've kind of back and forth and back and forth. AMD is known for having more processing power, less uh, power draw, and frankly better prices than Intel right now. So,
0: hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, interesting. different kind of side here to uh, <clears throat> business competition. You know, we talk sometimes about um, who's making the best games, who can counter who in terms of, hey, they've made this game and they should make this game and hey, let's buy activision so that we can compete more with sony and etc cetera, etc cetera. but uh sometimes there's this side of things i suppose which is um uh with with computer parts which is an interesting different sort of uh side of it um to be honest i have actually got no idea what's in this laptop <laughs> i sort of just I, i've had this for like three four years maybe um in the fact, easiest
1: I... way to tell it's a Windows machine, correct? Yeah, yeah. Just click on the little icon that says Fire, file explorer. Mm-hmm. And then when that pops open, go to where it says this PC, uh right click on it and go to properties. And it'll tell okay. you everything you want to know about your computer. Hmm,
0: interesting. I'll uh, I'll try and have a look at that between now and next week's episode and I'll uh see what cuz I'm not going to look at that now. But yeah. um yeah, I'll see uh see what I've got. Um, it's probably not something very powerful. I'm just letting everybody know. <laughs> because uh, <laughs> um, I mean, it can run Rayman Redemption, which is which is good. But uh, I remember when I tried to run Fortnite on it, and uh, just say, like it didn't really load properly. Let's just let's just put it down to that. So, um, how's your PC stuff going?
1: That's uh, good. I finished my uh, build right before COVID hit. And I'm glad that I did, cool. uh, with the chip shortage going on. Yeah. Uh, and this has been my first upgrade since 2008 so if you thought your machine was old uh the one i was trying to podcasting on before i got this one was antique basically Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's a it's a ryzen 7 which is an amd chip i get awesome performance out of it it's night and day compared to my old machine so cool cool i mean so in
0: april entertainment talk will be six years old which is kind of wild I'm pretty sure I've done all of the episodes on this laptop, so six years, seven years maybe, and I had it a year or two before that, so um, quite a while, quite a while, certainly. So, um, yeah. Uh, All right, what else do you want to talk about?
1: Uh, There's a big hubbub going on (laughs) with PlayStation. Uh, PlayStation Division is planning a new subscription service to compete with Game Pass, according to people familiar with Sony's plans and documents reviewed by Bloomberg. The service, codenamed Spartacus, will allow PlayStation owners to pay a monthly fee for access to a catalog of modern and classic games, uh, said the people who asked not to be identified because they were not authorized to speak to the press. Uh, The offering will likely be uh, on PlayStation 4 games, uh, but the rumor is is that it's going to go back to 3, and 2, and even PlayStation 1, and even PSP games. It's supposed to be a three-tier system um, with the first tier... Hang on, let me get... Let me uh, da, 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 da. Where was it? It was literally just right here. Um, yeah, so basically it's going to be a paid service. Um, they don't have a price on it yet. Um, and really, I, my hope is, is that it's not something that you have to pay... To get access to in terms of buying the games. Like with Xbox, everything that's back compatible, if you have the disc, you just put it in, boom, it works. If it's something that they can sell digitally, you just go to the store, buy it, boom, it works. Now granted, you do have to have um, gold to do some online stuff, but for the most part, they don't really punish you for not having a paid or an upgraded service. This kind of gives the impression that you might have to pay just to have the privilege of buying games, which I'm not a big fan of.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it would depend on pricing and stuff. We don't know too much how that will be structured yet. Um, I think this idea makes sense. PlayStation Now is somewhat useful from what I understand. Obviously, a lot of it is the streaming stuff with the PS3 games, but you can play uh, download PS2 and PS4 games. And probably eventually PS5 games. Um, PS Plus is still kind of doing well, I suppose. Um, but if you essentially like lump them together and you made this, obviously it's called Spartacus at the moment. Whether it will be called, we'll wait and see. To make more of a Game Pass Ultimate type competitor, um, I think will be very very interesting. I mean, I'd like, I I probably I I wouldn't use it all the time. I'd use it whenever I wanted to use it. Um, I'd quite like to just pay for a subscription, I guess, and just use that to play PS1, 2, and 3 games. I don't need it for PS4 and 5 games, but um, see how that kind of works. I think the one kind of sticking point is going to be those PS3 games, just because of that sell mm-hmm. process of nonsense. Um, in regards to PSP and PS Vita, I can't see Sony bothering about those games too much, especially the way that they've tried to kill off the Vita for years. Um, I won't really mind too much if Vita and PSP games aren't in there. I don't have a massive hankering for wanting to to play those necessarily. Maybe like Golden Abyss I'm kind of curious about. That's like the only Uncharted game I haven't played. Um, I know that there's Assassin's Creed Liberation or Liberators. But like I'm kind of done with Assassin's Creed. So um, I'd like to check out maybe Golden Abyss one day. Um, Possibly. I think that was developed by... That was either Blue Point or one of the other Sony studios, um, but yeah, if it gives me a chance to play some specifically the more you know PS1 classic games, that would be great. Um, some of the PS3 games maybe, uh, and maybe some of those PS2 games as well. I I think that would be a very very good idea because in my opinion, in my eyes, I think the PS1, 2, and 3 generation of games, especially the PS1 games those those classic games is a much stronger library than most of xbox's offerings i mean most of xbox's history has been halo gears forza that's what they've run with for Mm -hmm. a long long time you know it all kind of kicked off with halo and that and then gears came into the picture later and forza's had like several games at this point but those have been like the playstation
1: one games Huh? W- I said you can play PlayStation 1 games on a PC. You just have to download a software emulator to run it, but I've done that before. Right. So if you right. can find the physical discs, it's easy to play PlayStation 1 games.
0: Mm. Yeah. But uh yeah, in terms of like the the especially the PlayStation 1 library of games, I think that's a lot stronger than sort of like the Xbox original stuff, so I think that would be good for Sony's composition mm-hmm. and that. Um that reminds me, I did actually you've just reminded me actually. I did buy um, Red Dead 1 and Red Dead, uh, the Undead Nightmare thing on Xbox, I actually completely forgot about that until you mentioned the, uh, backwards compatible stuff, it's good that I've now remembered that I bought that thing, uh, because I haven't played the Undead Nightmare, uh, Red Dead stuff, and you know, I'm, I'm a big zombie fan and all that, so, I'm looking forward to checking that out, um, but, uh, I think this could be, I'm very curious to see where Sony goes with this, I think it's just going to depend on price point and if there's different tiers, um and we'll see where uh, where things go from there i still like no matter whether it's playstation now or playstation plus or this new thing i still don't think that sony's going to start offering like oh here's god of war ragnarok day one on playstation now i don't see sony ever really doing that um and i mean some people have like moaned at sony for doing that but it's their their choice as to what they want to put on what on what thing um, but I think it make because Sony is, like at least in the last couple of generations, has been known more for the blockbuster games, whereas Xbox has been known more for sort of the services services like Game Pass I think it makes sense that when you've got new blockbuster titles like Horizon and Last of Us and Ghost of Tsushima and Death Stranding and, you know, Next God of War and stuff, that you keep those games off of those streaming plat- or off of those subscription services that makes sense to me, because those games do sell so well um so we'll see uh any other thoughts on this
1: uh not really it's just one of those things we're just gonna have to wait and see what officially comes out because like i said this was you know basically a leaked document that nobody wanted to go officially on record on so we'll just have to wait and see
0: Mhm. yeah
1: yeah uh all right what's next uh well the last thing i have is is a big big change for microsoft or anybody living in the uk Uh, The UK's Competition and Markets Authority have just completed an investigation that started back in 2019 with Microsoft, Game Pass, and Xbox Live. Uh, Like most subscription services that everybody has for damn near everything anymore, Mm -hmm. um, Microsoft regularly advertises Game Pass with a a one-pound-a-month offer that auto-renews to full price after three months. And like with a lot of subscription services, it's easy to sign up for it and then completely forget about it. Mm. So the changes that have been made break down into four basic things, and two of them are absolutely massive. Uh, The first one is better upfront information. Microsoft will provide more transparent, upfront information to help customers understand their memberships, making clear, for example, that the subscription will auto-renew unless the customer turns it off. (coughs) Sorry. Oh. Uh, two, better information about prices. Microsoft will give clear notifications to future price raisers and will ensure people know how to turn off auto renewals if they don't want to pay the higher price. Now, here's the two big ones. Uh, refunds. Microsoft will contact existing customers on a recurring 12-month contract and give them the option to end their contract early and claim a prorated refund. And the other big one is inactive memberships. Microsoft will also contact existing customers who haven't used their membership for a long time but are still paying. These customers will be reminded on how to stop payments. And if they continue to make payments but not use their memberships, Microsoft will ultimately cancel their contracts, which is huge. Hmm. Uh, These are being described by the CMA as an undertaking, which means it's a voluntary agreement on Microsoft's part and there is no court Forcing them to do
0: this. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The one thing I noticed about Game Pass when I do grab it now and again because I got it for what Halo Infinite and mm-hmm. twelve minutes when I played it uh, just before Christmas. Um. You. At least I can't find a way on the Xbox to unless you open like a web browser and log in and all that kind of crap. Um. To just go to settings, account subscriptions, and turn off. You can do that on PlayStation. Whether it's for EA Play, which I used to play um, uh, It Takes Two because that was like £5 a month and we uh, managed to play that within that time period um, or if it's PlayStation Now, PlayStation Plus um, you can really easily just go settings, account, I think it's subscriptions or whatever uh, and then just switch it off um, it does ask you like, hey, are you sure you want to switch it off and you just click yes and that's really, really easy to do um, I do find it quite awkward and again, you said this is UK specific which is interesting um, whenever I do sign up for that, like, hey, yeah, you'll be charged £1 now, but then in a month it'll be £10. And obviously I, 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 most of the time, if not all the time, I don't keep it for the whole month. But I have to, like, log into Xbox.com, sign into my, like, Microsoft account, go into account, subscriptions, and then, like, go through all this other thing to, to cancel it. Um, I don't really know of any other subscription service that's quite like that. Um, I mean, I can go I can go on my phone and cancel most of my other subscriptions, like Netflix and Apple and those sorts of things. Obviously, I've got uh, an iPhone, so if I want to cancel my Apple thing, I go into my App Store, again, account subscriptions, TV+, and then just cancel it from there. Um, but I don't quite understand why Xbox is more awkward with, uh, with that. I mean, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just observing that, yeah, it is more awkward too unsubscribed to that than it is pretty much any of the other things so um, what's it sort of like for you?
1: Um, I a while ago I loaded up like three years of gold on my Microsoft account and then did the $1 upgrade to Ultimate Mm -hmm. and so that's doesn't run out till August of next year Um, and when that happens I'll probably just go back to a yearly gold membership because I do use gold all the time even though we kind of joke about the games not really yeah. being good for the you know, the free games every month I still tag them and I still collect them mm. occasionally I'll try something new
0: yeah, yeah so um, but yeah, we'll see uh, See how this goes it's just, I, I don't understand why you can't just go settings, account, subscription, switch off um, seems like a bit of a, in a company that has got so much money it seems like a bit of a, a strange kind of flaw so, yeah um. Right, you said that's all the news Hmm. cool uh, let's move on to some feedback uh, questions and whatnot that we've got uh, if you'd like to write into the show let us know your thoughts on anything that we've mentioned or if you would like to mention anything either about video games or anything to do with entertainment talk you can send those messages to Matthew at entertainment org. there's Twitter etalk UK. there's a contact page and also information in your show notes you can also find a big email box on the website version of this episode you can put your email and your message in there there's also a clickable email name that you can use as well harrison writes in says hello again guys i hope um 2022 is going well for you both so far and again thanks for the content you're very welcome uh, I know we have just had a shocking big piece of news with Activision, but any general gaming predictions for the year? So, because uh, usually we get asked, like, you know, our most anticipated games, that kind of thing. I think we got sort of asked that last week uh, from somebody. Um, any big uh, any big predictions for the year? So either maybe bad stuff or hopefully more sort of good things. Because uh, obviously that was a big, you know, big, big thing to happen quite early so far this year with the activision acquisition um i i don't think sony's going to go and buy like ubisoft or ea or something i don't think sony's going to or like not that anybody could really afford take 2 or rockstar but um somebody i don't think so. sony doesn't strike me as a company like that i sony strikes me as somebody sort of okay we have bluepoint and we have insomniac and we have mark house that are um sorry housemark uh studios that are like smaller individual studios and like you know insomniac prove themselves with spider-man and with ratchet and it's like okay that they were bought 200 million or something go and buy them bring them into the into the sony fold then hey Blue Point done a really good job with like demon souls and some other games go and buy them and then returnal comes out and it's like returnal's done really well and Housemark's got like a, a good history with them, so they went and bought those. So I think that's just more. I just think they have got different strategies in terms of Microsoft going, "Hey, we're gonna buy Zenimax Bethesda, and then we're gonna get Activision Blizzard, which is like massive swallows of like uh, massive, you know, swallowing massive sort of like IP and uh, you know companies and studios and devs and and loads and loads of things." Um, whereas Sony is sort of slowly more quietly building up their uh their studios and stuff um so yeah that's my mom kind of maybe it's a bit more of an obvious prediction but i don't see i don't see sony going and buying like a bethesda level kind of thing where they spend four or eight billion or something um plus i don't i don't actually think sony needs to i, I did see a lot of reactions or was it last week about like oh how does what does sony do about this i don't think sony really needs to do anything about it, you know, they got God of War and Horizon coming out this year. They just had a very successful year before that with other games as well. Um, and they've got other games on the way. Um, so I don't think Sony really needs to do anything. Um, plus PS5 still selling really well. The PS4, they just came off of the massive success of PS4. Um, I think for Sony, it's more just, I think Sony, it more just depends on okay, we've got. These studios, most of them are really, really talented. How can we sort of like put, what, three games a year out? And how can we manage our portfolio in that way? Of sort of, okay, you three go this year, you three go next year, you three go the year after. And when you've got games like Horizon that take five years to make, obviously COVID probably played a part. um, You know, that's 2017 all the way to 2022. So plan, planning those kind of things to not sort of go, okay, let's have six games this year. And then, oh, we've only got like, one next year, um, to to plan those those things, which they've done a very good job of so far, um, because they've got what Gran Turismo, God of War, and Horizon. That's a pretty good, mm-hmm. pretty good Sony year, I suppose. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know what else to really predict in terms of that. Um, I suppose in terms of Microsoft, I mean, they both shouldn't and don't need to buy like another big acquisition because they were what a year apart the Bethesda, Activision, uh, thing? a couple. i want to
1: say bethesda was like two years ago
0: was it two years ago oh feels like it was sort of last year um they bought them both kind of recently i guess is the point i don't think microsoft needs to do that again i think now for them literally it's the case of we've got quite a few studios basically i don't know the exact number but um they got a lot of organizing to do yeah yeah start managing okay what are these people, what are these devs actually doing what are you doing with things like COD like you've got access to some massive IP now and like Doom and all these other uh, like can you do something useful with Wolfenstein those those kind of things um, I think it's the case of just now try, just just now focus on using the studios that you've got and try to make the best games possible and once you can do that you'll add more get more value to Game Pass which I think is important now So, um, what do you think is going to maybe happen this year with certain things?
1: Uh, I definitely think that if they stick to their release date and launch Starfield in this year, it's going to be notable. I don't know if it's going to be good notable or bad notable, but it's definitely going to be notable Mm. just because Bethesda has so much writing on that IP to, uh, um, get going and get back into the gamers good graces after the fallout 76 bombing
0: yeah yeah i suppose the interesting thing with bethesda now is okay they paid what seven point something whatever it was billion um okay it it, let's say the next three bethesda games are bad so let's say starfield's bad elder scrolls is bad and whatever else they come out with after that is is bad um they're not gonna like look to sell bethesda to somebody like bethesda's gonna be in the Microsoft family for well potentially forever or you know for, for a long long time um so that's an interesting point with them because yeah they have they've had obviously a rocky few years with different games but if starfield's bad and elder scrolls is bad and Um, is is Ghostwire Tokyo? Yeah, if Ghostwire Tokyo is bad, like, what does that mean exactly? Um, to, to me, what that could mean is, like, you start trusting Bethesda even less, so it's more of like a, um, brand trust, you know, the brand trust thing that I talk about, where a company consistently makes bad products, so you start trusting them less because they end up with a worse track record. Um, it's possible, but that doesn't mean that Bethesda's gonna like get shut down or something. They just would then just move on to their next game, whatever that's gonna be. I think so. Uh, that'll be very, very interesting to see. Um, any other kind of predictions and stuff? Anything else?
1: No, uh, no. not, not really. Uh, I've read News Wise has ever popped out of something like, "Oh, this could be huge." Um, I mean, let's be honest. Nobody saw the the uh, latest acquisition that Microsoft did coming anywhere at all. No. Um, no. So we'll just have to see what shakes out in the next couple of months. Hmm.
0: Yeah. So do you think Sony or Microsoft needs to acquire anybody else, or just a case of managing what they've got and just trying to? No. Microsoft definitely games.
1: doesn't need to buy anything else. They need to put the yeah. checkbook down and just yeah. get yeah. their studios organized. Hopefully, get them on projects that they. Uh, want to do and not to do, yeah. be forced to do and we'll get some good games out of it mm.
0: yeah see how it all goes uh, alright that's what we've got for you for this week's episode um, next week we'll come back on Tuesday so nine days uh, from now if it works out that way so I just wanted to do it slightly earlier this week um so we'll see how that goes uh, in the meantime you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, video games films and the Manchester United podcast so take a look out for that there's going to be a few episodes dropping on Monday as well so look out for all of those uh, there's going to be a few of them some of them I've recorded today uh, they're all kind of like ready to go for, uh, for Monday so look out for those uh, if you like what you've heard you want to support more of what we do, you can check out everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for all the things we've just mentioned. You can also find us as well on your favourite podcast platform. Just search for Entertainment Talk and you should be able to find what you want from there. Uh, you can also use word of mouth and social media. Tell other people that you know about what we're doing and tell them where they can find it. Uh, and that sort of thing, social media, spread the word around, word of mouth around and share the different episodes around that we're doing. Uh, in terms of TV and film news, david has got you covered, as always, over on GeekTown.co.uk. And there's, of course, GeekTown Radio, as uh, for TV and film news, GeekTown Radio episodes come out on Tuesdays, so take a look out for those. Um... What else is there? Bex is still streaming, basically daily, doing lots of cool, great stuff over on Twitch. Uh, she's called Trista Bytes. Go and give her a follow over there. Uh, I'm also doing some things myself over on Twitch. That's E UK over there on Twitch. So you can uh, check out that stuff as well. If, if you miss any of the archive streams, I do need to update those on YouTube. You can also find the archive. You can also find the uh, little video game clips that I put up and stuff over on uh youtube that's entertainment took plays i think that's everything thanks very much for listening and we'll catch you next time uh goodbye goodbye